This is Chicago's finest internet radio show, making a world a better place, one show at a time. The George Water Jr. Show is now on the air. Take it away, Dad. All right, welcome to the George Water Jr. Too loud. Am I too loud? Okay, welcome to the George Wilder Jr. Show. As America knows and most of the world knows, tonight, tonight is Donald Trump's first, very first, after one year, um, his very first State of the Union uh, uh, address, a speech. This is a speech. More likely, he didn't write it. Someone else wrote it. And he's going to deliver it tonight at his very, in his very first address to the nation, to America, to the world. Wow. Tonight. Will I be watching? Probably not. You know, I mean, I'm not going to watch. The, I don't know what's going to happen. Nobody knows what's going to happen. Donald Trump is unhinged. He might just throw the teleprompter. Uh, aside and start talking, you know, impromptu, and we know what that's like, you know. But there is, uh, I mean, there's going to be or will be in a, a an hour, maybe an hour or two from now, maybe uh, uh, his State of the Union address to the world, to the to American people, to tell us how we're doing, as if we didn't know. Anyway, we don't, uh, you know, a lot of people that I have uh, contacted on social media. Uh, you know, said that they weren't going to be listening, and a lot of a lot of uh, uh, Democratic politicians, representatives in Congress, said they're not going to show up. Then some people said they're going to watch just so they can laugh uh, or something. And I, I, I totally don't think it's funny. I don't think any of this is funny. I think America, America has gone down the tubes, and he's going to tell us that America has not gone down the tubes in so many ways by reading a teleprompter. And I said the other day on the show that whenever Donald Trump gives a speech, I mean, it's like, it's like watching a third year old giving a, uh, giving an account of an essay. You know, he just, it's not him. It's just not him. Uh, When he's reading someone else's words and saying that they're his, his words, that's not, that's not Donald Trump. You know, some people think it's Stephen Miller, his words, because he is a Nazi (laughs) and he's not ashamed of it. You know, he's a white supremacist and this guy is not ashamed of it. Trump said he wasn't a racist. And I remember him saying he wasn't a white supremacist because the world was accusing him of being a white supremacist. Uh, However, what makes me think that Trump is a white supremacist is because of his... uh, and a lot of us because of his uh, actions in the past and because it took him so damn long to come out to say he wasn't a racist after so many people accused him of being a racist and so many people asked him, was he a racist? It took him so long to come out and say he wasn't. And a lot of people are wondering if he's actually sincere. I'm about not being a racist when he's been one all of his life. I mean, you just can't change Willy nilly like that. You can't you can't change overnight. If you've been a racist all your life, uh, you can't change being a racist in one year. 
you're still a racist. You're just telling everybody that you're not a racist, but you are still a racist and you're still a white supremacist. Anyway, with all that aside, uh, as I was saying, uh, the majority of people on social media were saying that they're not going to watch it. Because one of the things I do know, Trump, he relishes in ratings because it's all about him. It's not about the country. It's not about the children or the elderly or Social Security or Medicare or Medicaid. It's about him. It's not about infrastructure. It's not about building. It's not about the economy. It's about Donald Trump. And if he says otherwise, you know he's lying because he cannot change uh, his stripes. A zebra cannot change its stripes overnight or or in one year, as Trump is trying to do. No, I'm not going to listen to the speech. I'm sorry, people. Say, well, George, why don't you listen? Listen, he's the president. You know, I mean, who wants to hear this? This is not Donald Trump. It'll be somebody else's words. It will be. It will not be his words. It'll be what someone whispered in his ear or wrote down for him. Donald Trump is the unhinged Donald Trump. That's the real Donald Trump. Tonight, uh, the so uh, uh, the the tonight the social uh, not the social but the State of the Union address. That's not Donald Trump. That's Donald Trump pretending to be something he's not. Donald Trump is rude. He's vile. He's racist. He's a white supremacist. He doesn't give a damn about America. And for him to try to change overnight, at, uh, on something that he's been. All of his life, he was once a Democrat. A lot of people don't know that. Donald Trump was once a Democrat. And and uh, just three to four years ago, he changed over to being a Republican. I think the reason why he changed over from being a Democrat uh, to a Republican is the fact that he just did not like President Barack Obama. And his racism came through. His racism came through. I mean, it's shown his ugly face uh, twofold. Anyway, on the show today is Jurgen Semechel. Uh, and hopefully he will be talking about relationships. You know, I, I try to make the show diversified. A lot of people think the show is about politics. It is in some cases. The reason why I say the show is about politics is because this is what's going on in the world. And I always try to uh, focus, focus on, excuse me, focus on what is happening in America, what's going on in our country. This is our country. And we just can't let people come in and destroy it, you know, and, under the guise of we're making America great again. You know, we can't do that. If we have a platform, if we have a microphone, we have to get out there and fight off the enemy. And um, that's what the George Wilder Jr. show is doing because it's still, my show will always be about making the world a better place, no matter how difficult it might seem. And it is difficult, you know. One of the reasons we can make the world a better place, we have to get out here and vote. We have to make our voices heard. And our voices will be heard tonight if people actually boycott this State of the Union address um, that Trump is about to give tonight. You know, so 
Um, because as I've just got through saying, the guy relishes in ratings. I mean, he was um, he was king and emperor on The Apprentice, but he is not king and emperor in America. He wants to be. Uh, at one time, he wanted to dominate the world, but the world doesn't want him, so he just go, he's stuck here in America. You know, so many people I've heard say, "Man, Donald Trump goes abroad." When he goes to other countries, he should build a we should build a wall so he can't get back in into America. <laughs> All right, but I, I'm not gonna uh, say f- for you not to watch the speech tonight because that's that's up to you. If you want to watch it, you want to, uh, you think it's gonna be pertinent. He's gonna say something of value uh, that you agree with. Hey, I'm not gonna say do not watch it, but that's up to you. My own personal preference is I'm not gonna watch it. You know, I mean, I, I, the, the man has, you know, he just, I don't know. I'm just not going to watch it. I'm, I'm not a Donald Trump fan. I'm not a, a supporter. I didn't vote for him. And every day he's proven that I was right for not voting for him. All of these, all of these Americans that did not vote for Donald Trump, he has proven them right of not voting for him because he is awful as a president of the United States, uh, of course, I mean, there's people out there who's going to uh, carry his water for him. And they're going to say, well, George, you're a racist. You're, you're that. You're this. You're that. Because you don't support Donald Trump. Why would I support Donald Trump? Donald Trump is a proven racist. He's a proven white supremacist. He said he's not. But give me a break. You know, give me a break. And they are his supporters. The racists, the white supremacists are his supporters, and he doesn't want to um, uh, make any of them mad. And, uh, you know, so the speech is, uh, you know, after the speech is done, there is no doubt about it. After the State of the Union address is over, I think I, I, I think it lasts it's got maybe an hour, sometimes two hours. Because I remember Obama, when he was giving these State of the Union addresses, I mean, it was they went late on into the night. I mean, what is Donald Trump is going to say <laughs> uh, for two hours? The same thing over and over again? Or he's just going to get pissed off and say, hey, <laughs> and start being his, being his old self again? And, uh, and Donald Trump could give this State of the Union address tonight and tomorrow he'll be talking about something different, something that totally not in the realm of what he just got through telling the American people. You know, he may do something racist. He may do something pathetic or, or something or, uh, you know, but that's Donald Trump. You never know Donald Trump. He, he may try to distract um, away from what's, what has been said at the state of the union. Donald Trump is, and his, uh, goons in the White House, these people are good at distracting Americans. It's like a sleight of hand. You know, you better watch what they're doing and not what they're saying. And that's one of the things uh, a lot of people are going to be thinking about as they do watch Donald Trump tonight. They're going to, they're not thinking about what he's saying so much as what he will do because. What he's saying and what he's doing, that's uh, totally, totally um, two different things, 
as we've seen, witness, and know. But, however, the Russia investigation carries on. Uh, uh, and they're now saying if Donald Trump tries to fire special counselor uh, Robert Mueller, who is investigating the meddling of, of Russia in, in the 2016 election, if he tries to fire um, uh, Mueller, he will be impeached. That's what the, um, one of the senators uh, have said, that if Donald Trump tries to fire Mueller, he will be impeached. Again, do not pay attention to what they say. Focus on what they're doing. All right, you've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show on fa- on Black Talk Radio. <laughs> We're on Black Talk Radio, folks. And this is a this is a special night. This is a, a, a kind of a somber night, a kind of a, a night because uh, Donald Trump is going to be addressing the nation and the world and the world. And there are so many people out there that I have contacted, that I've talked to, that I've responded to, who say they will not be watching. They will not be watching. Suppose if you just just take just say uh, suppose suppose uh, you wake up wake up tomorrow morning and and on into the evening tomorrow you you start hearing things like Donald Trump State of the Union address the lowest ratings in American history for television viewers that'll be something the lowest rating because there are so many people said they are adamant. Of not watching, of not watching the State of the Union address being delivered tonight, Tuesday night, January 30th, 2018. 2018. They will not be watching. Some people are uh, telling their friends and family, do not watch. And do not think that Republicans don't know this. I'm pretty sure some of his diehard supporters, and they're dropping off like flies. I mean, they are really giving up on Donald Trump because a lot of them have lost their jobs, lost their careers. And they had, they had everything hanging on Donald Trump, and Donald Trump did not deliver. So a lot of his supporters are not his supporters no more, but there are still a few of them. And you know what? I, I don't like saying nasty things about people, but I – observed some of his supporters and a lot of these people are just awful they they don't have education an education they don't have brains a lot of them don't i, I hate to say this uh, but they're gonna stick by donald trump i mean they're gonna they uh, you know donald trump is gonna take away their social security gonna take away their uh, Medicare, Medicaid, but and, however, take away their grocery money, but he still, but uh, they're still going to say, hey, wow, that's my man. And a lot of his supporters say that they're, they're proud to be stupid. They're proud to be crazy. They're proud to be uh, dumb. They're proud to be deplorables. Wow. Where has America gone? Where has America gone? A lot of people, a lot of people who were his supporters, who did vote for Donald Trump, they're disappointed in him. And then some people, some of his supporters, I have seen and read, apologizing for Donald Trump. They 
apologizing for voting for it. But there are many, many people who are still supporting him. And that's what keeps him above water. And the people who are supporting him, you know, majority of them are, are white supremacists, racists. Every time Donald Trump does something racist, he gets a call from David Duke, a Ku Klux Klansman. You know, so yeah. we're just going to have to see what happens tonight. Uh, uh, you know, so uh, every now and then I'm going to, you know, talk about what, what's going on uh, and uh, leading up to it. I'm pretty sure there's a lot of stuff uh, around the Internet and around on television that's going to be leading up to it. A lot of uh, outlets are saying, giving us, giving us a little bit of a, a, little, a little taste of what's going to, what he's going to say tonight. Obviously, he's going to have a teleprompter in front of him, uh, you know, uh, probably a script laid before him. He's going to be reading. Have you ever heard Donald Trump read? Have you ever heard him give a speech? It sounds like <laughs> it sounds like nothing, nothing ever. You know, I mean, it, it, he sounds like he sounds like he just reading words. I remember he he sounds like he's just reading words, and that's what's probably going to happen tonight. Reading words, uh, not comprehending what he's reading. He doesn't understand what he's reading. There is no um, <laughs> uh, there's no comprehension whatsoever. He's just going to be reading words. You know, and uh, Republicans going to be responding. They're probably going to be applauding. He's just going to be reading words. All right, uh, you've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show and author Jurgen Symmetrical on the show. I have a problem with names, folks, especially when they're very, 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 very long. <laughs> you know, you don't want to mess up anybody's name, but... Um, Anyway, the George Wilder Jr. Show is now on the air. Hate has no home here. And that goes for every one of Donald Trump's supporters. Okay, be nice to one another. Be nice to one another out there. It is so easy to be nice. Too many people arguing and getting mad and pissed off. Then they go pick up a gun and blow somebody's head off. And that's not the way to make the world a better place. You know, so be nice to one another out there. Try not to be a racist or a white supremacist. That's not making America great again. You know, he barely says that. Donald Trump barely uses that. Oh, that was a con line. That that was a con line, making America great again. That was, and that was a con line. The people who voted for Donald Trump, they got conned. No doubt about it. You know what? I can't understand evangelical Christians who say they're Trump supporters. They they couldn't they they don't even care if Trump goes out in the middle of the street and shoots somebody in the head. They're gonna still support this man. Evan, evangelical Christians, pastors, ministers, preachers, you know, uh, deacons of the church supporting this guy you know and saying that he is sent from God a lot of people think the devil sent him <laughs> sent him here to do damage to Americans 
All right, you've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show on Blog Talk Radio. We're talking uh, an hour or two or two hours away from uh, Trump's uh, major, major, major speech to America and maybe the world, his State of the Union address. Tomorrow on the show, I know I'm going to be, you know, um, talking about it again after it's over and done, and we will get the ratings in uh uh, from the viewers uh, of the show, you know, a lot of people are going to be uh, polling and saying that he do a good job. How can he do a good job when he's reading what someone else is saying? Uh, uh, unless people are going to say, well, it's, well, it's about what he's going to read. And as I said earlier on the show, do not pay attention to what Trump reads or what he says. It's all about what he does. And that's the most important thing is what he does. I mean, he can say a lot of things. We know how much of a liar this guy is. And, um, you know, try to focus on what he's doing and not what he's saying. And a lot that's, that's why a lot of people aren't going, going to tune in to um, the State of the Union address because they know Trump lies. But, you know, um, unless he pushes the script aside or said the, or says the hell with the teleprompter, you know, we're going to I think it's going to be boring. I think it's actually going to be boring because the way he sounds when he's reading a script, he sounds as if he doesn't know what the main idea of what he's talking about or the main idea of what he's reading. Uh, he can't comprehend. He's just reading words and it sounds boring and, and dull and dry. You know, at least that's what it was when I last heard him give a speech when he was reading. And then he went off the, <laughs> he, then the next day, he, that was all taken back because of what he uh, tried to distract us with. You know. But anyway, welcome to the George Wilder Jr. Show. But remember, Robert Mueller is still investigating this guy. So it would be funny. <laughs> it would be totally, totally funny if Trump is uh, uh, giving the State of the Union address, address and the, um, the the FBI come in with the handcuffs and just takes him off the stage <laughs> uh, while all the television cameras are running. I think I've written something like that once, you know. But anyway, it would be funny if he's giving the State of the Union address and right in the middle of it and the FBI... <laughs> walks up on the stage in front of Congress and just snaps the handcuffs on him and leads him out to the paddy wagon in leg irons. That would be, <laughs> it would be, it would be awful for America, but it would be great for Americans to see.
Mr. Trump, it's Dixon White here, sending a video letter directly to you, sir. And the only reason I call you sir is because the office that you hold is supposed to be a respectable office. But So I just want to speak directly to you, Mr. Trump. I know you may never get this video. Maybe you will, though, because at least I have white skin like you. But first, I wanted to applaud you for one thing, and only one thing. Um, many racists in politics are very covert. So I applaud you for being an open racist, and I applaud you for at least letting us see just how racist you are. And it's now it's it's well established worldwide that you are a bona fide white supremacist. Um, there's not a nation that hasn't condemned you as a racist. So you have dishonored and disgraced one of the, the highest office, offices in the land. But I wanted to say one thing. You made a comment yesterday about shithole countries, poor, black, brown countries. So because they're poor, because they're black and brown and not white or European, you consider them shitholes. Well, I wanted to give you an accurate definition of a shithole nation. A shithole nation, by definition, would be a nation like America that allows and tolerates a racist to operate in their highest office, the presidency. That is a shithole nation nation that tolerates a racist president. There is no worse pile of shit or turd in the toilet out of all the other countries than a great nation like America that allows its president to be an open white supremacist and then to allow them to continue to function as president. That's the biggest turd in the pot. Or as you say, the biggest shithole. Why? Because you, Mr. Trump, are the shit, the turd, in the White House. That's staining and putting the foul odor all over our nation. And of course, the only reason you're there is because you're a racist. You're a complete and utter idiot with no competency whatsoever to be where you're at. The only reason you're there is because we had a black president and our racist nation wanted a racist president after a black president. So until America can get past its racism, which I don't know if it ever has, because there's one thing about black folks, Mr. Trump. Black folks have always understood one thing. The more things change in this country, the more they stay the same. You are living proof that any white person, no matter how racist they are, and matter of fact, racism is actually more of a compliment in this nation. It's like apple pie racism in America. They go hand in hand. If you're a white American, you're a racist, and you've and you've proven that. And not only are you a racist, if you're a racist, you get rewarded for being a racist in this country. Why? 
because we are a racist organization called America. Fact. And nothing has changed. In 400 years, what has really changed? We're still seeing black and brown folks executed in the street. Not that you and Jeff Sessions or any of your racist motherfucking cabinet care. You don't give a fuck about justice for people of color. You're all a group of white nationalists. So I just want to tell you, here's one white guy, and I'm telling you personally, Donald Trump, kiss my white fat ass. I hate you, Donald Trump. I literally hate you. And I pray to God you get impeached. You're an embarrassment to our nation and upon the world. Please do us all a favor and resign. The only people that want you in office are more racist. And yes, I know that our country, the majority of white people are racist. And the majority of white people totally and completely support you. I really believe that. Because they're not supporting you, then they're silently ignoring your racism. But anyhow, please do us all a favor. In Congress, please act to remove this racist motherfucker and his racist administration, or Congress is no better. Please remove this racist motherfucker from office. It's 2018, guys. And if we can't remove this racist motherfucker from office, America is no better than it was 400 years ago.
when I first saw the tweet this morning, I was frankly disgusted. I thought to myself, this dude has got such a fixation with women and blood. What is wrong with him? And then you remember that this dude, this disgusting dude, is the president of the United States. And you realize just how much he is diminishing the presidency of the United States. You realize that what he is doing is not just acting for Donald Trump. He's acting for all of us. He's acting for our president. And he is embarrassing. He is shameful. He is disgusting. And I'll say this about Republicans. I'm really tired of hearing words like disappointed, like disturbed, like I'm bothered, like I wish he wouldn't do it. It's time that somebody looks at the camera and looks at him and calls him up and says, listen, you crazy lunatic 70-year-old man, baby, stop it. You are now the president of the United States, the commander in chief, and you need to stop acting like a mean girl because we just won't take it. We won't vote with you. We won't work with you. I can't, I can't start talking about tax reform. I can't st start talking about health care reform because I can't get past the fact that we have a president who lacks the sufficient character. We have a president who is mean. We have a president who is nasty. We have a president who is immature, unstable, and just acts like a crazy person with anybody who attacks him because he's got thin skin and he is never going to pivot. And anybody around him, whether it's his daughter, his chief of staff, his wife, who I remind you had said her signature issue was going to be fighting against online bullying, or any Republican on the Hill, stop enabling him. Confront this and confront this hard, or it will never stop, and it will embarrass all of us. It will take the presidency low, low, low. President Trump says he can do whatever he wants with the Justice Department making the comments during an impromptu interview with the New York Times, asked whether the Hillary Clinton email investigation should be reopened. He said, quote, I have the absolute right to do what I want with the Justice Department, but for the purposes of hopefully thinking I'm going to be treated fairly, I've stayed uninvolved with this particular matter. Evan Perez is out front tonight. And Evan, set the record straight for us. What can and can't the president do with the Justice well, look, Department? Right. Well, Poppy, the, the fact is the president it, it controls the Justice Department in the sense that it's part of the executive branch. Right. It reports to him. He, he hires and has the, the right to, to fire the attorney general, the deputy attorney general, the political appointees there. Uh, but, you know, when it comes to, say, ordering a, an investigation of his political opponents, which is kind of what the conversation uh, that, was, that, that, that was part of the context there, uh, you know, there is a limit to what he can do simply because there has to be a legal basis for doing such an investigation. And if he tried to force the Justice Department, the FBI, to carry out an investigation of his political opponents for which there was no legal basis, I think he'd get a lot of pushback from the career people there. He'd get a pushback from the attorney general, certainly uh, Jeff Sessions. I think that's part of his frustration. Uh, you're hearing uh, a president who is used to being a CEO, who's yeah. used to being able to tell people what to do, and, and that's a limitation that he has to deal with now uh, as president. And that's one of the, we, we've, he, we've heard from him repeatedly, his frustration with Jeff Sessions and the Justice Department, because he has seen repeatedly, uh, and with James Comey, the FBI director that he fired, uh, he's seen repeatedly that there's a limitation to his powers as president. Uh, Indeed, it's very different than running a private uh, organization, right. not even a public company where you're responsible to a public board. Uh, right, very exactly. different, certainly, now. Thank you very much, Evan. Have a Happy great New weekend. Year. Happy New Year to you, too. Thanks. Out front now, former ethics lawyer under President George W. Bush, Richard Painter, and former White House counsel under President Nixon, John Dean. Gentlemen, nice to have you with me. John, let me begin with you. The president says, I can do whatever I want with the Justice Department. You say? 
I don't think he can. It's the Justice Department is a creature of Congress. It was actually created in 1870 after the Civil War. And they laid out what the rules are. Mm -hmm. And the president's job under the Constitution is to faithfully execute the laws. That doesn't mean he can rewrite the laws and do what he wants. Richard, this comment from the president is interesting because it somewhat contradicts what he said uh, about, about the department, about the FBI, in a radio interview last month. Let's listen to that. The saddest thing is that because I'm the President of the United States, I am not supposed to be involved with the Justice Department. I'm not supposed to be involved with uh, the FBI. I'm not supposed to be doing the kind of things that I would love to be doing. And I'm very frustrated by it. Notable, though, that he did lament over not being able to do those things. What, what's your read overall on this? Well, I think he picked the wrong country to be president of if he uh, thinks he has absolute power uh, to run the Justice Department however he wants. Uh, uh, that may be the way it works in uh, Putin's Russia and other places. That's not the way it works here. There are laws, and he has sworn to uphold the law and the Constitution of the United States. He has the power uh, to remove the attorney general, mm -hmm. to remove uh, all of his appointees in the Justice Department. But he does not have the right, the legal right, to use that power to either get the Justice Department to investigate his political opponents, which is the way business is done in dictatorships. Mm -hmm. That's not the way we do it in the United States. He has no right to do that. He also has no right to remove the attorney general or pressure the attorney general to fire Robert Mueller to stop the Justice Department from investigating the White House and members of his campaign, who are currently members of his administration, some of them. So he may not obstruct justice as president of the United States. He is not above the law, and uh, that's the bottom line. He is not above the law. He is not a king. He is a president in a constitutional system of government. And to be clear here, uh, you know, Mueller's boss, Rod Rosenstein, Stein, um, testified to Congress, you know, John, as you know, that no one has asked him to fire Mueller. He doesn't see any reason to fire Mueller. One of the most stunning things of this interview was that the president said he thinks Mueller is going to treat him fairly. This at the same time, John, as, uh, you know, a growing number of his fellow Republicans have been attacking Mueller's integrity and the investigation here, just some of those attacks. If everyone was dismissed from the Mueller team who was anti-Trump, you wouldn't have anybody left. Mueller, I have said since day one, since he was appointed, he's bad news. He's out for a scalp. He would love to get Trump's scalp. This has really spun far beyond what uh, Mr. Mueller's authority should have been limited to. And, uh, and we have to bring it back in. What do you think, John? Do you think the president wants those Republicans to stop those attacks on Mueller? and hear him on the fairness comment, or not exactly? I think his, clear, his comments were pretty clear. He was throwing signals, friendly signals, towards Mueller, but also encouraging those who are being critical of the investigation to continue being so. Mm. He called his base strong. He gave them praise for what they were doing. Mm. Uh, he certainly didn't rebuke them, uh, but rather was sending, uh, in essence, a message to Mueller that if you exonerate me, I'll think you're fair. So also, John, uh, just, just building on what we've seen in terms of the reaction to those comments about the Justice Department, et cetera, former Attorney General Eric Holder fired back on Twitter today. Here's what he wrote. Wrong, dangerous. Trump doesn't have absolute rights of the DOJ, but women and men there absolutely do have the duty to follow the Constitution, the rule of law, not a man. Career DOJ people have absolute right to defy illegal orders 
and they will, I know it. What do you make of that? Well, I think it's a very accurate statement of the way the Department of Justice works. I once worked in that department. It's, mm -hmm. a, it, it's a storied department. It has really wonderful career people uh, who do want to uphold the law, who are public servants, and they're not going to hear a president giving orders that are contrary to the regulations and rules that they are really have pledged to follow. So I, I, think, I think Holder has just nailed it and mm -hmm. told the president how he should be thinking. I mean, Richard also staying on, uh, on the Eric Holder beat for just a moment, um, the president brought up Eric Holder, the former attorney general. He talked about being upset about his own attorney general, Jeff Sessions, recusing himself from the Russia probe. And then he said this, I don't want to get into loyalty, but I will tell you, I will say this, Holder protected President Obama, totally protected him. When you look at the things they did and the, that Holder protected the president, I have great respect for that, I'll be honest. When you initially read that, that he clearly sees part of the job of the attorney general as to protect the commander in chief. What did you think? Well, uh, the, to protect. Billionaire uh, philanthropist and activist uh, Tom Steyer is uh, back with an ad that he has produced uh, calling for Donald Trump's impeachment. And he wanted to put it on a place where he knew that Trump would, would see it. And so, of course, he chose Fox and Friends. Uh, let's see. What it looks like. He's brought us to the brink of nuclear war, obstructed justice at the FBI, and in direct violation of the Constitution, he's taken money from foreign governments and threatened to shut down news organizations that report the truth. If that isn't a case for impeaching and yeah. removing a dangerous president, then what has our government become? I'm Tom Steyer, and like you, I'm a citizen who knows it's up to us to do something. It's why I'm funding this effort to raise our voices together and demand that elected officials take a stand on impeachment. A Republican Congress once impeached a president for far less. Yet today, people in Congress and his own administration know that this president is a clear and present danger, who's mentally unstable and armed with nuclear weapons. And they do nothing. Join us and tell your member of Congress that they have a moral responsibility to stop doing what's political and start doing what's right. Our country depends on it. So if you thought that the president might not have seen that because he was doing some important government type stuff, you haven't been paying attention this year. Yes, he watched it. He immediately tweeted about it. Wacky and totally unhinged Tom Steyer, who has been fighting me and my Make America Great Again agenda from beginning, never wins elections, which is a direct response to the charges later. It's not. So look, he's pushing for that. He's, I guess, able to. I'm surprised that Fox actually ran the ad in the first place. Uh, I have recently read, just this week, that their ad revenue is down 17%. So it's possible that they, they can be less money. choosy about the ads. But Fox and Friends is a popular show, I think, at least in the White House. It polls very well. And um, so they decided to run that. Now, Fox and Friends' audience was not happy. They were deluged with torrent, uh, a torrent of tweets and uh, comments on the, the articles about it saying that they had been taken over by commies and Jews and that's why they were doing this, that they were just in it for the money. Mm -hmm. And this, man, audiences really expect uh, consistency in a message because if there's anybody who has earned, for better or worse, protection from the charge that they're not sufficiently pro-Trump, isn't it Fox and Friends at this point? Like well, they've done nothing but help him and praise him for a year. But they run this one ad and people are leaving their show. They're not watching anymore. Yeah, I don't believe them anyway. Yeah, I don't so, believe it. 
look, uh, th that's why they were probably particularly angry. They're like, this is a bubble. You are not I'm supposed to allow anyway. opposing true. viewpoints into this bubble. Yes. It really disturbs us. But people who huff and puff and say they're going to leave, I mean, just check the comments below. <laughs> okay, they never leave. <laughs> they're like, oh, like next time. You'll do this again. <laughs> but no, there's a lot of like, I'm going to change the channel. To what? To reality? Like, good luck with that, buddy. I don't know. There's a so lot well. of new uh, right-wing channels. The hotel I'm staying at. There's there's <laughs> really? so many new ones. Newsmax has a 24-hour channel, true. and uh, uh -huh. what is it? Is it One America or something? OAN? Yeah, OAN. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, was, I was watching it yesterday. That's true. I was like, uh -oh. maybe they're the friends of Fox and Friends. You know, <laughs> so I always wonder. I always watch yeah. Fox and Friends. I'm like, who are the friends exactly? <laughs> I, I know friends? who Fox true, is because all those who people are, are employees. Yeah, yeah I don't see the friends. Yeah. I think That'd be cool if there was a crossover with the actual show Friends. And, and like, That's like why we someone, thought it was. Someone could web that together and like, like, let's have Fox and Friends, you know? Let's have, let's have Steve Ducey dating uh, somebody. They, but they need the revenue. I mean, if they're going to keep on paying out, like everyone who accuses their their hosts oh. of, of sexual assault and they have to silence them, thirty-two million dollars for Bill O'Reilly, man. You need the money. I get it, Fox. Um, but I actually thought that this was a pretty effective ad. I mean, he's calm. Uh, he is those blue eyes, those like steel blue eyes <laughs> staring at you as the yeah. camera just slowly pans in. I thought it was effective. I just thought that the messaging could have been a little different. I think it could have just been like, Donald, seek therapy. Mm -hmm. Like, mm -hmm. we know you need help. We want to help you. Step down, buddy. You can golf. <laughs> Every day. <laughs> um, you can do that anyway. So, um, my, I want to get to Tom Steyer's message too, but for, first, I like Trump's message. Steyer never wins elections. Good reason for that. Never run for one. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, O for O. <laughs> okay, I assume that he means the money that he puts into elections. Yeah. Right. And of course, that's not true either. He's won, he's lost based on who he's funded. Anyway, uh, so. I think that the Steyer ad is, is smart in a lot of different ways. Uh, they, uh, they're going to rally everybody to their own side. It was smart to run it on Fox and Friends to get under Trump's skin, who is, they know cannot help himself and yeah. will give you free publicity. Which is a tactic John Oliver's used a couple of times. He's run ads on Fox yeah. and Friends. Yes. And so really well played. Uh, I think it was super smart. Uh, they're going to get a lot of people on their side. And you know, and Steyer uh, is very wealthy, he's a billionaire, uh, he's a progressive. And he's not looking to take the money that he uses and create benefits for himself like tax cuts. Mm -hmm. uh, he is not arguing for that, right? And so it's not out of self-interest, except for the fact that it, the main money that he spends is to try to uh, fight against climate change. So I guess he's got a conflict of interest because he'd like to stay alive. He's got it All right, okay. Yep. And he wants his kids and grandkids to have a planet. Can, can I play devil's advocate for just a second? Yeah. Uh, like I, I, I agree with basically what, what they said there. And certainly he's, he's free. To, if he wants to pay for an ad, you can pay for an ad, I guess. It happens all the time. Corporations do it. Uh, so, But it does make me a little bit uncomfortable that we have this class of people. And some of them are progressives and pro-environment and all that. Who are so wealthy that they can unilaterally just produce these political ads. And like, I don't know that anything he said there was inaccurate. So maybe this isn't a good example for me to criticize. And I'm glad that Fox ran it. But it is still just more advertising coming from the direct point of view of a billionaire. Like, I agree with this one. 
But that they can just, like, they could buy out all the ads if they want. The country is billionaire versus billionaire versus billionaire. We just have to hope that the right billionaire wins, and that's a shitty position to be in. Because of that subtitle in that commercial, we we know he's an American citizen, so. (laughs) (laughs) That was my favorite part, American (laughs) citizen. I just love that. Yeah. So well, just okay. in case you're worried, yeah, you can relax. All right. Well, look, this uh, be balanced here, and uh, I'll join the fray of uh, you know slight criticisms here. Uh, one is uh, American citizen looked really goofy. Totally yes. agree. <laughs> like, come on, dude. We, I mean, you could have wrote written Homo sapien, yeah. right? Like yeah. human being. <laughs> we know, we know, we know. Uh, it's like a way of saying not billionaire, not running for office. Okay. But let's keep it real. One day, Tom Steyer might run for office. Okay, and he is a billionaire. I don't have any problem with billionaires doing the right thing. I love it. That's wonderful. Uh, he should give money to Wolfpack. He can't give money to Justice Democrats because they don't take uh, big donations like that. But he, but Wolfpack does. Go ahead. Is this um, part of the too, <laughs> too strong, too strenuous? <laughs> no, no. Okay, okay, okay. Nothing to do with that. <laughs> and look, and if he's going to run for office, and and a lot of people signed that petition. That's probably a good move too. I get it. Uh, so. Look, overall, there's not that many people doing the right thing. He's doing the right thing. Yeah. I'll take it and run. I agree. Uh, yeah. and, and, and it's okay to put his message out. Um, and if he wants to spend all whatever he has, one point whatever billion, on doing great things, including in the media, including buying ads, I think that's actually lovely. Yeah. I just want to prevent uh, even good guy billionaires, like to John's point, of being able to buy elections. Yeah. Right. You know, and so. And that's different. Here, he's not right now. There is no election. Yeah. He's he's not trying it's to influence issue advocacy. It, sort it of. is. Right. It is actual issue yeah. advocacy as opposed to, hey, vote for X and don't vote for Y, yeah. which yeah. I think is is definitely different. And he should. My only last tiny criticism is speak up a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> it's a little too whispery. No, I like that. I'm, I'm glad you he like brought it? up. Like, more yeah. ominous. Okay. I'm glad he brought up the. Uh, you know the criticism of Trump's. Uh, you know irresponsibility in dealing with North Korea. And the you know the threat of nuclear war. It's yeah. like, because to me it seems like there's there's almost no anti-war movement going on. Yeah, you know people talk about all different issues, but when it comes to
Companies are on a cheap charm offensive for Trump's tax bill. Remember that tax bill that was passed a few months ago, a few weeks ago, a few months ago? Major firms tout they are uh, they're touting small perks for workers, but funneling huge payouts to shareholders. So, I mean, with this uh, tax bill being signed into law, Trump made a lot, lot of people even richer. I mean, he even said it at his Mar-a-Lago uh, golf tournament. He, he addressed a, a crowd of billionaires and just and said, "I just made everybody richer." I'm pretty sure they applaud. You know, so uh, and it's awful. It's awful that um, and he expects someone to watch his State of the Union address tonight. Okay, ever since President Donald Trump signed in, signed a massive corporate tax cut into law last month, folks. Sorry. Uh, some of the biggest American companies have been touting pay increases as evidence of profits translating into meaningful gains for workers. It may be a little bit of gain, but not a um, real gain or a permanent gain for workers. Real gains or permanent gains for workers, it may be. But the beneficiaries of this tax um cut no doubt about it is corporations and millionaires billionaires there's no doubt about it yeah a, th- a few crumbs are being thrown to to the american workers but in the long run it's the millionaires and billionaires they know they've got perks corporations this is a damn shame that money could be used for a lot of things. Infrastructure, for one thing. Roads cracking and breaking up while you're driving down the street. Infrastructure. Maybe he'll talk about infrastructure tonight. Uh, uh, we'll have to see. Uh, the, the speech, yeah, he's uh, doing this State of the Union address. In some areas, it's already started. But I think because of the time zones in this, in, here in the city of Chicago, I think we have to wait a, a little less than an hour before we can get it. But, you know, it's going to be one of those. Um, if I don't watch it, and I probably won't watch it, but uh, I'm going to hear a lot about it. You know, I'm going to hear, I mean, Donald Trump is the president of the United States. You, Whatever he does or says, wherever he goes, we're going to hear about it because he's the president of the United States. If you have a television, a computer, uh, you read the newspapers or whatever, you're going to hear about um Donald Trump, even if you don't want to hear anything about Donald Trump, you're going to hear about him because he's the president of the United States. Yeah, every everything he says, everything he touches, you know, it, um, we're going to hear about it. It's going to be written about it. Donald Trump has touted fake news over 150 times, fake news over 150, maybe 200 times. Fake news. And the only thing is fake is Donald Trump. The reason why he's in the press's ass is because they write about him. They write everything about him. They And majority of the things, if not all, is true. And he doesn't like, Donald Trump doesn't like the truth, especially if it's the truth about him. If, it, if the truth is about him that makes him look bad and they print it, but it's the truth, it's fake news. But I'm going to tell Donald Trump one thing. People are tired of hearing you tout fake news. Because we know the only thing that's fake is you being president. Because the majority of Americans did not vote for you. 
the populist vote went to Hillary Clinton. And the reason why you're in office, and there's so much evidence to this, is that Russia hacked the 2016 elections that you told them to hack. It's right on videotape where you're telling them to hack the elections, to hack Hillary's emails. So the only thing that's fake, Donald Trump, is you. But he's still talking fake news. He, I mean, he, he, the guy even at one time wanted to shut the news organizations down. He wanted to shut them down because they were printing the truth about him that he didn't like or he doesn't like. And there was one time, uh, I think it was one time, it could have been two or three times, where he was, co- he was going after people on Facebook because they were saying things about him that he did not like, and they weren't his supporters. He was coming after Facebook, people who would post things, things that he didn't like. He wanted to shut Facebook down because... Uh, the majority of people on Facebook are liberals. And they can't stand Donald Trump. But there's a problem with this spin. Nearly all of the complaints, the companies involved from Walmart to Wells Fargo were widely profitable before the legislation passed. And the benefits that they're now promoting constitute just a tiny fraction of those profits. So therefore, a lot of these companies who are benefiting from this tax cut aren't benefiting them, aren't benefiting from them like some of us think we are, think they are. And um, yeah, the tax cuts, these tax cuts were just for the rich. They weren't, they weren't not designed for the American worker. A few uh, crumbs here. But the thing about it, the tax cuts for the rich that were signed into law last month, they're permanent. The tax cuts for uh, workers, they're temporary. You know, that means that workers are going to stop seeing those perks. But the rich corporations and the billionaires and millionaires, they're going to see their pockets lined uh, until uh, Democrats uh, are elected into office and change this. It's all about being rich, folks. It's all about what you have. I mean, if you're poor in America, so what? So so let so what, according to the uh, Republicans? Either pick yourself up by your bootstraps or you stay sleeping on the ground. And, and if you are poor, they're going to make it so hard for you to uh, pick yourself up by your food bootstraps because they're going to they, because they want you to sleep on the ground you know so you know in, in this day and time in America you have to be resilient i mean you really have to be resilient i mean it's it's harder than ever it's harder than ever to actually make it in America now you know it really is i mean i think about all the homeless people that are out there on the streets as I'm sitting in my comfortable place studio and so many people out there homeless and getting no help, no help whatsoever from their government, from their representatives. 
people who are losing their apartments, their homes, uh, they're getting no help from their representatives, the people who they put in office. No. Why? Because their representatives and the people they're put in office, they don't give a damn about you. They don't care. This is why I say when you're going to vote for people, make sure you know who you're voting for. Make sure you make sure that you um, vet people, research them. Do not vote for somebody because they have a nice sounding name. Do not vote for someone who looks good or is cute or is in good shape or sounds good. Sounds like it sounds like they know what they're talking about. People have to vet these people that they put in office. I mean, when these guys and girls go around with these petitions trying to get signatures so they can run for office, you better put more than your signature down there. You better check them out. Because the majority of the people who you, who we send to Congress, they're going to be bought off and paid for. And that's what they go to Congress for. So they can be bought off and paid for and not give a damn about you who put them in office and given them their health care, given them great health care. And now they want to take away yours. The people you gave great health care to want to take away yours. We really got to do a better job in finding great, great representatives to send to Congress. People who are going to stand by the people who put their who put their asses in office, not somebody who's going to. Uh, and you got to be careful. One thing. One thing. Uh, there's more progressive out, more progressives, more Democrats out here than there are Republicans. So you have to be careful. You might, uh, because you never know. You might. Um, run up against a someone who calls themselves a Democrat, but they might be a Republican. They want to be and calling themselves a Democrat, but they're actually a Republican, just so they can get sent to Congress and work against you and get rich. So you have to watch it. You have to do it. That happens a lot. You know, Republicans running as Democrats just so... Uh, they can win that seat because they know there's more Democratic voters than there are Republican voters. They know that there's more people out here who care about what's going on than there are people who do not care about what's going on. All right, you've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show on Blog Talk Radio. Uh, we are, um, let's see, moments away from Donald Trump's speech to the world. Isn't that something? Okay, we're going to do Joe here. Be right back. Secretary, you were in that meeting in the Oval Office. Did the president say that? I don't recall him saying that exact phrase. I can understand you either saying they were said or they were not said. It is pretty shocking language. And to say I don't recall seems implausible. If the president of the United States used the word blank hole, mm. talking about countries in the Oval Office, or didn't say it, I would know. I, I understand the question. It was an impassioned conversation. I don't recall that specific phrase being used. That's all I can say about that. So, wow. That's, she said that's a, it. Wow, she Homeland lied. Security with either a faulty memory, a lack it of attention lied. during an important meeting, carry water uh, for Donald Trump, the presence over the over the I truth, or actually. Clinging desperately I what a to um, watching illegalism, uh, that somehow uh, House 
and whole at the end of that vulgar word uh, would make any difference whatsoever. Listen, listen to the nuanced language, and it's very clear that everybody that is a sycophant for Donald Trump over this are clinging to a distinction without any difference whatsoever. Let's bring in right now columnist and deputy editorial page editor at the Washington Post, Ruth Marcus, author of NBC News, uh, author of NBC News contributor, oh, Adam Garadotis, and also senior fellow at the Council on Foreign Relations, yeah. and author of the new book on the Vietnam War, The Road Not Taken, Max Boot. Caddy K, Mike Barnacle, and Elise Jordan are back with us. and. Um, you know, Ruth Marcus, here you have uh, the president's ally, certainly two senators and the secretary, the, the, the head of the Department of Homeland Security, um, claiming that the president didn't say something that Eric Erickson and Vanity Fair now reporting uh, that the president was bragging about saying and, and, and calculating that it would help him with his base. It's it's so disheartening, and that's just too mild a word for what's going on here. As you see, cabinet a cabinet secretary and senators denying what just logic would tell you is the truth, whether it's house or whole. And I've been a little bit frustrated by some of the questioning because what I would like to ask them is, well, what exactly do you recall the president saying? Uh, you get when you at when you try to ask that question, and I know it's easy to filibuster on TV. Um, what you get is just a whole disquisition about the need to not have a country with open borders. But what exactly did do you recall the president saying? Might be a good question for right now. Well, really, it is it is frustrating because it was it, you go back and you look Max Boot at what you had uh, the two senators saying. Uh, when they actually were audacious enough to call Lindsey Graham a liar, uh, who called the president out in real time, and called Dick Durbin a liar, and also uh, the head of the Department of Homeland Security. It's, it's clear they're clinging to a small difference, whether it was House or Hole, uh, and pretending that the president didn't say something that he was bragging about all weekend. Yeah, Joe, I mean, I'm really more mad at Donald Trump's enablers now than I am at Trump himself yeah. because we know what Donald Trump is, okay? I mean, he has been an inveterate racist since the 1970s when his uh, real estate company was sanctioned by the Justice Department for not renting to African Americans. I mean, this is like if Archie Bunker had walked off the small screen and into the Oval Office. That's who Donald Trump is. We all know that. We knew that when he was elected, run, you know, having announced his presidency, uh, his run for the presidency by attacking Mexicans as rapists and murderers. What really disgusts me now is that Republicans are covering for him, and they are refusing to condemn him in the terms that he ought to be condemned in. I mean, Paul Ryan, who's one of the few Republicans who's even spoken out, said, this was unfortunate and unhelpful. I mean, that's the kind of thing you might say if Donald Trump had broken wind in a meeting, okay? That is not what you say when he demonizes the entire continent of Africa, where he says that he only wants white people essentially coming to the United States. I mean, it's, it's just, I think, tragic, depressing, and horrifying that Republicans are normalizing the most racist utterances we have heard from any president in my lifetime. Yeah, and Anna uh, wrote a couple weeks ago in the Washington Post and in Ruth's great paper uh, that our founders actually anticipated a tyrannical president. They prepared for a tyrannical president. They wrote a constitution that would have checks and balances on a tyrannical president. They never, 
ever let their imaginations be darkened by the possibility of a compliant Congress in the face of a tyrannical president. But that appears to be exactly what we have in 2018. That's exactly right. And, and uh, today's Martin Luther King Day. I think we should pay attention um, to that extraordinary man's extraordinary words. And I want to call your viewers' attention to one particular piece that he wrote, the letter from a Birmingham jail, um, in which he talked about his grave disappointment with what he called the white moderate. Um, and the heart of his point was that good people, good, decent, but silent people, are the wind beneath evil's wings. And so, yes, I agree fully with Max Boot. We have a, a man-child who is deranged and racist in this office. But it takes a lot of other silent people to go along with it. And we're seeing those silent people in Congress. We're seeing CEOs who want a slight corporate tax reduction and are therefore willing to stomach and say nothing about what in private dinner parties they will tell you they deplore. Uh, we are seeing all kinds of people who for small, personal, trivial gains are willing to see their country turned into the real s-hole. So let, let me ask you a question, Anand. Uh, when I'm looking at you, I'm looking at the face of this nation, this huge, sprawling, homogenous nation. And we all know now, we're all familiar, except for a few cabinet secretaries and a couple of United States senators, with the phrase that came out of the <clears throat> Oval Office last week. And yet there is an element here that would suggest that we should not be so much worried about the language the president uses as the reality of what he's doing. You're from Haiti, get back there. You're from El Salvador, get out now. Things like that, the behavior of this administration. Let's not, you're exactly right, let's not argue over language and quibble. The President of the United States has a vision of this country shared by millions of people in which people like me should not be at this table with you, in which people like my parents who happen to be sitting over there on this set should not have been allowed into this country, in which black people perhaps should never have been freed. There are people who work for Donald Trump who have said things like that. Uh, Roy Moore has said things like that. Um, and we are right Lord now no, in a war over whether a, a vision of love as the heart of this country or a vision of hate as the heart of this country is reality. My family, uh, my parents came as immigrants, we moved to Cleveland, Ohio, had an extraordinary life. This was not the America they came to. And they didn't move to, to Manhattan. They moved to Cleveland, Ohio, and were embraced and loved and taught how to make Nobody. cheesecake and taught how to go to shopping malls and, and, and embraced and celebrated by people who'd never met anybody from the place they came from, but who loved them and embraced them, and they became American, and they had American children. And it is extraordinary to me, not that this one small man-child uh, sitting in his bathtub watching right now probably is degrading our country like this, but that so many people who I know to be good are saying and doing nothing. Max Boot, Elise Jordan here. Clearly there's a strong moral case that this kind of language is unacceptable by an American president, but there's also just a practical case to be made that this isn't helpful with our diplomacy and for our national security interest, um, you know, especially in Africa where we have a lot of counterterrorism activity right now. What Absolutely. do you have to say about the damage that this has potentially made on some of those alliances? I mean, Donald Trump is doing catastrophic damage 
to America's soft power, to our standing in the world. And that is one of the most important weapons that we have in our armory. I mean, I just wrote a book about this fellow named Ed Lansdale, who was this legendary secret agent who was very effective in the Philippines and in Vietnam in the 1950s because he tried to represent American ideals abroad and tried to work with the local people as equals. I mean, can you imagine anybody doing that today? Uh, you know, it makes all of our diplomacy all that much harder. And it's, and it's, it's, it's I, I don't know how representatives of the United States in, in, in Africa can look people in the eye and, you know, claim that our country is not racist, that our country is not oppressive, that our country wants to help them. I mean, all of these assurances, which people routinely make, are just revealed as hollow when you have a president who utters the most vile and racist language imaginable. Uh, I mean, this undercuts everything that we're trying to do abroad. It's, it's terribly damaging, and that damage will not be undone anytime soon. And by the way, Max, if somebody wants to understand, put in, put in, see in real terms the tragedy, uh, the tragic road that we are taking right now, they need to read your book, they need to watch Ken Burns' Vietnam documentary, and that is the lesson. And I couldn't help but go back to, to, to Ken Burns' documentary on Vietnam in my mind and, 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 and what I've read of your book so far about the lessons of Vietnam. There, there are many lessons, but the main lesson is this. Uh, you, 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 we weren't going to win that war by burning down villages. We were going to only win that war by convincing people not to become members of the Viet Cong, not to be on the side of the communists. And you look in 2017 and 2018, and we're repeating those mistakes because Donald Trump is doing everything he can to take us out of these alliances and these coalitions that we built up over the past 50 or 60 years that would help us in Afghanistan, that would help us across the Middle East, that would help us in Africa, that would help us across the world. Well, that's exactly right, Joe. I mean, we have to win hearts and minds. And how can we possibly win hearts and minds when the president of the United States is not even welcome in Great Britain, which is our oldest ally? I mean, how do we influence all these other countries in Africa and the Middle East that are on the front lines of the war on terrorism? How do we convince people there not to strap on, on you know, suicide vests and, and go out and attack American targets? We have to, you know, we're trying yeah, to convince I them totally that we're agree. the good guys, that, that we, we don't seek to oppress them, that we believe in equal rights, freedom, all these ideals contained in the Declaration of Independence, all these things that, that people like Edward Lansdale fought for for so many years. And I totally agree. I think Donald Trump is endangering Americans abroad. I said this, I believe I said this yesterday on the show, that he is endangering with his rhetoric, shithole countries, you know, with his racism, white supremacy. Because a lot of countries around the world, they don't want nothing to do with Donald Trump. They don't want them in. They don't want him in their countries. We've lost a lot of allies uh, in the world because of Donald Trump. No one wants to um, deal with the United States. No one wants to be uh, uh, side by side with the United States because Donald Trump has taken uh, uh, this country, America, down. I mean, he is really taking it down. And when he goes abroad to some other country, you know, um, and does something dumb or stupid or say something, you know, not befitting America, who apologizes? 
Donald Trump doesn't apologize for any dumb thing that he should be apologizing for. Any lie. He doesn't apologize for anything. When he goes abroad and does something dumb and stupid and irrelevant, that's not America. Who comes out and apologize? Americans come out and apologize for him. They say, well, uh, we're sorry for our president. You know, he's an asshole. Uh, we are very, very sorry for his behavior and his actions abroad. Americans come out and apologize for Donald Trump. And I do agree that Congress should step up and do something about this man, because it, when they let Donald Trump just run and flourish and destroy America, it means it only means that they themselves, Congress, the Republicans in Congress, are complicit. They are complicit and they are just as guilty when it comes to ruining the United States as Donald Trump is. Heaven help the child who never had a home. Heaven help the girl who walks the streets alone. Heaven help the roses so if the bombs begin to fall. Black man, if he struggles one more day, heaven help the white man if he turns back away. Heaven help the man who kicks the man who has a crawl. Heaven help the song.
right, I want to thank everybody for tuning in to the George Wilder Jr. Show. And if you're going to watch Donald Trump's speech tonight, uh, <laughs> you're going to have your own reservations. A lot of figuring that he will not be able to stay on topic, on script. He's going to veer off. Anyway, enjoy it uh, and have a great evening, everybody. Beautiful. Join me tomorrow. Bye-bye.